Well, a big good morning and welcome to C3 Powerhouse Online. It's great to be with you today. Big welcome from a full house of your church family joining with you today. And I'm excited about the message that I'm going to be sharing in a few moments. I know that it's going to help many people, those of you who are watching right now, those those together here in the room, as we begin a series called Unstuck. Unstuck. And many of us will know what it's like in different phases of our life to get stuck in some kind of area of our life. My son uh, has a spark plug that broke off in his in his four-wheel drive this week and he can't get it out. It's stuck. He spent three very challenging days trying to pull out the spark plug and the car won't go. So he's, he's, he's stuck and this message is going to help him or anybody like him about why am I stuck? Why is it stuck? How do I get out of being stuck? And so that's kind of where we're going to go today. Can we thank the band and our worship team as they've led us this morning? Wonderful, wonderful. Getting stuck. I don't know. This has been, I've heard it so many times, one of the craziest years that, that I've ever experienced in terms of unprecedented things, uh, changes and shifts that all of us have had to make, adjustments that we've had to make. And, and if ever there's a year that's going to cause people to get stuck, this would be the one. This would be the one. And so we're, we're going to really lean into this. And, and maybe I want you to reflect just before we, we get going in a moment on where could it be that you've got stuck? What, what area could it be? Maybe you're here this morning and you, you don't have a relationship with God. And that's the area. You're just like, I'm stuck in my spirituality. I, I, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's going on. I'm praying this morning that we'll be able to help you take a step forward in your journey and your relationship with God. I'm believing that over this month that many of us will get unstuck. I think sometimes we can accept as normal certain things in our lives that God has not intended to be normal for us. I think we can accept circumstances, whether that be in a marriage, whether that be in a family, whether that be in our emotional or mental state, whether that be in the call that God has for us, uh, whether that be in the sense of um, just the relationships around about us and friendships or lack of friendships or trust or the lack of trust that we have. So many things that can keep us stuck and trapped and it's not God's will. And Jesus told us that I've come to destroy the works of the enemy. He he said, uh, he who knows the truth, the truth will set you free. And so over this next few weeks, we're going to have a look at some different things. We're going to be inspired by Jeff Wilson next week. So inspired. Uh, He's going to share how he broke a record recently of 58 days crossing the Antarctica, uh, a a world record. Uh, Most of us are probably going to go home feeling a mixture of lazy, guilty, and inspired all wrapped up in one. But it will be fantastic. And it will be a great first uh, step moment for many of our friends, either into church or online as the experience of church. But today I want to look at I want to look at three areas that we can get stuck in 
And I want to look at the life of Moses to kind of give us a little bit of context of how to get unstuck, okay? So I'm hoping that, again, I'm preaching out of, uh, as I did, I preached about Esther a while ago. I'm hoping that you might go and read some of the story of Moses in Exodus. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. You might read, uh, particularly in Exodus, about Moses and how in different moments he got stuck and then how he got unstuck. And the very first time that Moses got stuck in his life was in the wilderness. Let me just read the summary of Moses' stories to catch up those of you who've never heard uh, about him before. It's in Acts chapter 7. At the time Moses was born, he was no ordinary child. For three months he was cared for by his family and he was placed outside. Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. He had the best training going around available as treated as one of Pharaoh's children in that day or Pharaoh's grandchildren in that day. So, so he had all the opportunities. He grew up with a sense and he would have had this whispered both in his heart but from others as well that he was to be called the deliverer. The one who would lead the Israelites who had already been um, slaves to the Egyptians for almost 400 years. It was his calling, his destiny to be the deliverer, the one that God would use. So when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. You can sense that inside of him, he's starting to feel, I want to help deliver these people. He saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian. So he went to his, his defense and he avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. This is my big moment. I'm arriving. I can see it in his heart. Here comes Moses, the deliverer. Okay. The next day, Moses came upon two Israelites who were fighting, and he tried to reconcile them by saying, Men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt, hurt each other? But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian. He knew that his life was now on the line for killing an Egyptian. And so when he settled as a foreigner in Midian and he had two sons, after 40 years had passed, I mean, when you write it in the Bible in five words, it sounds so quick. After 40 years had passed, an angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. Moses got stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. He got stuck in life's circumstances. And when you get stuck in the wilderness, let me just tell you what being stuck in the wilderness feels like because I'm sure today some of you will feel like that's, that's my story right now. I'm stuck in the wilderness. When you're stuck in the wilderness, you feel like God's forgotten about you. You feel like He's forgotten about you. When you get stuck in the wilderness, you have, a, you have no sense of that original destiny and call that burned in your heart. It's gone on the back burner. When you're stuck in the wilderness, you lose your confidence. When you get stuck in the wilderness, you feel like you're just going around and around in circles, making up the numbers. 
when you get stuck in wilderness, you just find yourself going through the motions. I'm just, I, I don't know what, I don't know why, I'm just going through the motions. For each, each moment that Moses had, had a stuck moment, I want to look at three of them, I believe that if that relates to you, that there's an important question to ask in this moment. And the important question, the natural question we all ask when we feel stuck in the wilderness is, why? Why me, God? What are you doing, God? Where are you, God? Why aren't you helping me right now? What's going on? Why have you forgotten me, God? They are the natural questions that come up from our flesh. But there's a different question that we need to ask when we're in the wilderness. And the question is this, what is God doing in me right now? What is God doing in me right now? You see, so often God takes us into a wilderness experience. He leads us into a wilderness experience because he's actually wanting to do something in me. And he'll use the circumstances around our life because he wants to do something in you. I remember as a, as a young man running a business in my 20s, I, was, I would say I was in a wilderness experience for, for a number of years. Uh, everything wasn't working. Uh, th- things were going, going backwards. We were losing money. Uh, it was not like I thought that God intended me to be. I remember telling my pastor that, I, that I'm actually not called to be involved in church life ministry. This, all of these things kind of got eroded inside of me. Uh, There was moments when my parents' house, which was security for a loan, went on the line. It was kind of like, and they almost lost it. And it was this season of a wilderness. And like, my natural question is, God, what, why have you forgotten me? Why have you forsaken me? But actually, that's the wrong question. The right question is, God, what are you doing in me? I wonder what God was doing in Moses for 40 years. It would, it would appear to me there was a couple of things that were going on in Moses in those 40 years. The first was God was dealing with his pride and self-reliance. God was dealing with his pride and self-reliance. Moses, Moses uh, was powerful in speech and in knowledge, the Bible tells us. And he, he was well-trained. He, he was an expert in many areas. And so, like many of us, he went to begin to step into his call, but in his own strength and his own ability. And when you try and step into what God's called you to do in your own strength and your own ability, it won't work. It, it, you'll, you'll just end up coming short. It will be frustrating. And God will go, hey, all good, I've given you gifts, but I'm more interested in your character than your gifts. I'm more interested in getting to the inside of you than your gifts. And so Moses found that, that bit by bit as his, as his self-reliance and his confidence got eroded to the point where 40 years later when he has an encounter with God and God says, Moses, you're going to be the one who's going to deliver these children out of Israel. He says, why would you send me? I can't even speak. 40 years ago, the Bible, we saw it there very clearly that he was mighty in words and deeds and now he's lost his confidence and he can't even speak. And he, here's the thing, you don't need to be in the wilderness for 40 years to get to the point where you go, God, I don't have it in myself. 
That's what humility is. God, I don't have what it takes. I know you've got something for my life, a purpose and plan that's significant, but I don't have it in my own ability. So I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to lose my self-reliance and I'm going to get reliant on you. God's working on the inside of you. I think and I, this is a great question for us to pray. I reckon one, there's a few fast prayers God answers in my experience. One, how much would you like me to give? It's like, boom. Okay, can we just get that line of clarity in every other area, Lord? That would be just so helpful. But another one is, Lord, well, what are you doing in me? I'd love you to ask that question right now. Because sometimes what God's doing in me right now is holding me where I am right now. And it's not God's fault. It's not even divine timing. And you may have heard the expression going around the mountain. But going around the mountain is the idea that God's taking you from strength to strength. And, every, and there's, a, there's a season where you go around the mountain and it's the right moment to go to the next level of God's favor, blessing, influence in your life. And God's like, yeah, no, you didn't learn that lesson. Around you go again. Around you go again. And sometimes we're desperate to go to that next phase and season of our life that's fulfilling and, and, and rewarding and, and has a sense of purpose to it. I'm not just going through the motions. I'm exactly where God called me to be. I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do. And I've got this sense of frustration that it hasn't come yet. And the, the question it's got to ask is, well, Lord, what are you doing in me before I go through that gate to that next level? Because if you don't ask it, you'll end up living a frustrated life. You can spend 40 years in the wilderness like the children of Israel and never going into your promised land because you didn't ask it. What's God doing? Maybe, maybe like the children of Israel, God's just wanting to develop us from being a complainer to a praiser. Maybe that's the thing. He's, he's like, this, John, this is what I'm looking for. I'm not, I'm not looking to do lots of awesome things. I'm just looking to see that you can be faithful and give me praise when nothing's happening. happening. I'm looking for... The children of Israel missed their destiny because instead of being praisers, they were complainers. Their heart got hardened to God. They didn't see the promised land that was promised to them. And after a while, they, just, they got that complaining, whiny, nasally sound. And every time they talk to God, it's like, why are you? God's like, go around again. Go around again. Go around again. Because you know what he's looking for? He's looking for people who go, though he might slay me, this is Job, yet will I praise him. Though I might never make it into the promised land, yet I will worship him. I will give him praise. And he's looking for that. Maybe it's that. Maybe. We're stuck in the wilderness because we're not letting go of some things that we're supposed to let go of. Uh, We've probably all heard the story of how you catch a banana. A banana. How you catch... (laughs) You catch a banana just by going, yeah, I got it. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you for throwing it to me. I'm on fire. You catch a monkey. Someone needed to know how to catch a banana here today. You're welcome. I'm in the flow and I'm here to help. You catch a monkey by putting, a, and they do this in different parts of the world by getting a, a, a jar that's got a very narrow, a narrow uh, mouth to it and, and putting a banana and a, a monkey will come along and grab that banana and make a fist and it won't be able to get the fist out because the top of the lid is just a little narrower. And many a monkey apparently have been caught 
by this practice of a, of a jar or a container being stuck to the ground and it will refuse, even though it's going to be captured, it refuses to let go. And so often we're holding on to something that's causing us to be captured and we're refusing to let it go. And we can be stuck in a way, and maybe that's an offense. I'm not letting that go. I can't trust leaders. I can't trust people. I'm not, and God brings us to a place. He goes, I want to walk you through a journey of freedom. Thank you. This morning, I love that story. Maybe we need to see Pastor Rod Frecker and have some prayer. Maybe we need to do one of our freedom courses and just go, you know what? I'm holding on to something that's causing me to be stuck in the wilderness. And we've got to get to a point where we're sick of where we are enough to actually do whatever it takes to get out of where we are. So, and, and more often than not, we need some help with that. More often than not, we've got to see a, a pastor. We've got to see a counselor. We've got to see somebody to get me out of being stuck because I'm sick of it and I don't want to live here anymore. Maybe that's the key to getting out of the wilderness. Maybe the key is humbling ourselves because God was looking for humility. Maybe it's, it's just humbling ourselves, recognizing I was wrong, going and seeing somebody and saying, you know what, I was wrong. I, I wrote an email about something that, that I, w- I led and was involved in in my broader capacity in the last two weeks. And I realized after a year as we reviewed it and I reflected on it, I was like, oh, that, we, I just made the wrong call in that moment. And, I, and I, just, I had to humble myself and write an email and follow up and say, I'm really sorry about what happened there. That was, that was, I, I, had the, I had an opinion and it was wrong. Will you forgive me? Will you help me? This, 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 this component of getting unstuck is forgiving and repenting it's so often if you're like what are the two big keys to getting unstuck so often forgiving and repenting forgiving and repenting forgiving and repenting and it'll help us over and over again maybe we're stuck in the wilderness because God's actually using the wilderness to prepare us for our future Moses although the dream in him had died and very often that's that's a stage that God gets us to where the dream in us for us doing something dies. And he goes, good, now I've got you where I want you. And then God takes us into a preparation season and we don't even realize it. You see, Moses spends 40 years shepherding sheep around the back of Mount Horeb and Mount Sinai in the wilderness, 40 years. What does Moses spend the next 40 years doing? Shepherding God's people around Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, in the same wilderness, in the same place, for, for exactly the same period of time. I, I like to tell people, if God's taking a long time to prepare you for something, He's probably going to take a long time in, in that call that He's got for you. So what's, what, what's, what are you learning right now? What's God doing? What, what are you learning? Moses is learning all where rivers and creeks are, how to survive in the desert, how, how to, what the wildlife looks like, what, what's edible, what's not edible, what, what scorpions to stay really clear of. He's, he's in that and he's in a season of preparation. I'd like to encourage you that right now, maybe God is doing something in you, preparing you for your future. Maybe he's developing patience in you. Come on, somebody. So that you'll be, the Bible says, so that you'll be complete, lacking nothing, developing patience. Maybe he's developing perseverance in you. Maybe he's developing compassion in you. 
Maybe he's developing a, a, a strength in your faith right now. Maybe he's developing the ability to, to uh, handle uh, false accusations that are thrown at you and keep a sweet spirit because that's just part of where God's, your future is going to lie. Moses had no idea that, that one day in a moment, hello somebody, suddenly, in one moment, he goes from 40 years of doing this and in one moment he has an encounter with God and he sets up his next 40 years. And that's so often the key. And it's why we, we look to, as much as we possibly can, create opportunities for encounters with God. Because it's an encounter with God where he comes and he says, well, you think this, you think that's over. You think that's done. You think it's, your, that your season of that is over, but I'm coming to tell you I am going to send you and I am going to put my words in your mouth and I've got something fresh for you. God's been preparing you. What could he be doing? Why don't you close your eyes right now and ask this question of the Lord. What are you doing in me in this season? What are you doing in me in this season? developing thankfulness humility compassion what's he doing for you as you're watching online what's he doing in your heart right now what's he preparing you for because once we understand what God's doing it puts us on a pathway to getting unstuck all right let's look at the next thing the next uh, um, season that Moses went into. And this is the one where you're stuck in need of a miracle. You're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Or in Moses' situation, you're stuck between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. And he's, he's on path now. He's on track with where God's got him. And for the sake of time, I won't read it out, the, the whole story out. But essentially, the people are saying, there's the Egyptians. We can see the dust. They're going to come and kill us. And they basically said, wasn't there enough graves in the whole of Egypt that you had to bring us out here to die? They're tormenting Moses. I'm, they're, they're, I'm, it's all over now. I'm bust. I'm, we're broke. This is not going to turn around. That thing's finished. And so... We're in need of a miracle. And the question to ask yourself when you're in the need of a miracle, so if you're, you're stuck in the wilderness, the question to ask yourself, what's God doing in me? But if you're stuck and you need a miracle, the question to ask yourself is this, what did God say? What did he say? Because if he said something to get you to here, then what he said will get you from here through into your miracle season. And Moses, he says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. This is verse 15 of chapter 14. Raise your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they'll go in after them and I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army through his chariots and his horsemen. I want to tell somebody today, you need a miracle and you're, you're stuck and you basically can't make any further progress until God does a miracle. You're stuck between the enemy's plans and a brick wall right now. The question you got to ask is, what did God say to me? Because he hasn't changed his mind. And like Moses, you're just going to stand and look at the future and say, this is what the Lord said to me. This is what God said to me. This is his word. And I'm going to praise him and I'm going to keep looking forward. And here's what I love. What the enemy is meant for evil, he will turn it for good. No weapon formed against you. That doesn't mean there will be no weapons. It means weapons will be formed against you. The promise is they won't prosper. 
The promise is they won't be successful. The promise is God will take the weapon that was formed against you and he'll turn it back on him. I'm gonna keep moving for this one. The last one is this. What if you're stuck in busyness? I know. What if you're stuck in busyness? Exodus chapter 18. I'm going to read this passage together. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. They stood around him from morning till evening. His father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, and he said, What is this you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses, you're getting swamped in busyness. You might have heard it said like this, that if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh, there was a few elbows going on right there. Hang on a minute. Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decree and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You can't handle it. Listen to me and I'll give you some advice and may God be with you. And he goes on and tells him uh, about what his priorities should be and how he should delegate to others and they should take on those responsibilities. Here's, here's the thing that I've learned because I can easily get stuck in busyness. And I would imagine in this room today, there's a number of people that it's so tempting to get just stuck in, the, in, in busy, 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 and the urgent, but not the important. And here's the question is, who are you listening to? Not like on podcast, but who are you listening to? Who can, who can walk into your world that you ask and say, hey, the thing that you're doing right now is not good? Who, who's that person or those people? I, I like to encourage uh, young leaders and, and young people as they're growing up, and I don't think this stops, to kind of identify three or four different, kind, different people in your life who you're looking to as mentors, not that they come to you, but that you identify them as mentors for you. That you go, okay, th- there's something about their marriage that I really like. There's something about the fruit in their children that I really like. There's something about the way they carry themselves through that crisis and difficult season that I really like. There's something, there's something about, obviously, God's uh, put His favor on them, and that's why they're, they're leading in the church. And so I'm respecting and honoring that, and I really like that. And so I'm going to look to get some people who I pursue and ask to speak into my world. Because if we're stuck with busyness or often just generally stuck, very often we can't see what it is that's making us stuck. Moses couldn't see what he was doing was bad. He he thought it was good. I'm busy. I'm helping people. It's amazing. I, I feel important. They need me. But he needed a set of external eyes who loved him, who believed in him, who saw the best in him, but could actually go, dude... Mm-mm. that's not helping you and that's not helping them. In fact, this would be the way to go. And I wonder if you could just, uh, if you're taking notes right down today, who am I listening to? And here's the difference, okay, in terms of, of um, the world of podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. I probably listen to three or four a week. And I like to, I like to, to particularly calibrate my thinking by listening to 
preachers and good, the good stuff, good word of God stuff. I like to calibrate my thinking. I like to uh, almost to, to marinate in, in things that just keep lifting me in my thinking in the word of God. Okay, that's, I like to do that. However, the, the, the difference is none of those podcast preachers or teachers that I'm listening to actually see me do life. None of them actually have the opportunity to go, now John, I know I preached this message about fasting for 40 days, but in your situation, you probably should not fast and have some more feasting with your family because they're, they're neglected at the moment. Illustrative purposes, not exactly what I'm preaching about at the moment. But why? Because context is everything when it comes to mentoring. Context is everything. I can take what I like when I listen to somebody else and apply it to me, but if I have someone I trust, and sometimes it's just one person you need. Sometimes it's a friend who, it might be your connect group leader, it might be, it might be someone uh, who, who you're just seeing at a distance, but you're like, hey, I'd love to buy you coffee. And, and here's the key, if, you, if the, you're going to ask them to help you, you've got to be honest. You've got to go, all right, and I, I, love, I love what you shared, Deidre, today. I just, I'm moved by that. I, I feel like, because the key was starting with honesty. This is where I am. And all of us love to start with where we'd like to be. But you're only ever as sick as your secrets. And so the enemy wants to keep things secret. To make us feel guilty and ashamed and not get free. But the step to getting free is confess your sins to one another, James says. Pray for one another that you might be healed. So if I'm stuck, one of the big things I've got to do is go, all right, who am I letting in? Who am I listening to? Who am I going to share what's going on? Because the way I can't get out myself, I can't see it. Maybe it's your connect group leader who's praying for you every day. Maybe it's one of our pastoral team or one of our leaders who you could see and talk about something. But when you can share and then they've got the right to begin to share into your life, you go, oh, okay, this is going to help me get unstuck. I'm going to start by being honest. I'm going to find someone who loves me and wants the best for me. And I'm going to let them speak into my world. Can we close our eyes together right now? Thank you, as Lisa. Come and help us. Those of you watching online, just close your eyes right now. I feel like the Holy Spirit is got the scalpel out right now. Surgery has been done. It's such an Aussie bloke thing to just go, ah, I'm not talking about that. I'm not asking anybody else's help such, such a, pr- a prideful thing and it keeps us stuck it was years ago that Danielle and I hit some blockages in our relationship we couldn't get through ourselves we couldn't and it was humbling because we'd worked through most things ourselves previously but we just we just hit some blockages and we got stuck so we sat down with our pastors and we told them, this is how it is. 
not how we'd like it to be. This is how it is. Took the mask off. That conversation was the beginning of a painful but wonderful journey of freedom for us. We learned so much about each other. Learned so much about ourselves. God used other voices to begin to work in our hearts to take our marriage to a place and an intimacy that we never thought we could have. We didn't even know it was possible. But it started with an honest conversation. So I'm wondering this morning, can you answer these questions? Can you reflect on them? What's God doing in you? What's he said? And who are you listening to? fight it but go with it right now make a decision in your heart you're going to talk to somebody this week come on somebody at home right now you're fighting something that's just consuming you it's eating you up you're not supposed to deal with it alone make a decision to reach out for some help this week those of you who are watching online 